श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय श्री गौरपुणी महामोत्स की जय गौर भक्तवृंद की जय गौ प्रेम आनंदे बोलो इवनिंग एवरीवन Did you bring the nuts? The nuts? <laughs> okay. Well, we had a nice discussion this morning, right? Very interesting to all of us. Um the subject is Guru Tattva on the occasion of the honoring of Vyas and the ongoing succession of teachers and teaching. that uh serves to shed newer newer light on on the uh significance of revelation and uh the appearance of divinity in the world for example that we're celebrating tomorrow the appearance of chaitanya mahaprabhu and uh that discussion was largely a uh A, a, a preface to the description of guru tattva we find in chaitanya charitamrita at the onset chaitanya charit amritam which means tadhi uh deathless amrit the character mm-hmm. of consciousness the charita in immortal nectar the immortal nectar of the character of consciousness so he speaks about consciousness in in a positive context not just what it is not but about all its possibilities this comes to leela and krishna leela radha krishna leela and ultimately the leela of shri chaitanya which is non different from krishna leela but it's got reverse out of the leela it is the the lotus within the lotus of goloka where madhurya becomes audarya where transcendence and immanence meet in a very profound way and we are all the recipients of that hmm? overflow and the text begins with uh, these two words vande gurun so gurun means in the plural hmm? a plurality of gurus we are introduced to in the text and uh Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami as i mentioned he focuses his attention on three manifestations of the guru there are numerous others as we know we spoke a little bit about that this morning but um the three he focuses on are is the antaryami or the chaitu guru diksha guru shiksha guru hmm? and he he takes the three and turns them into one one and three different manifestations so the guru is a uh appearing in many forms but the teaching is one <coughs> and the ultimate teacher that he identifies is krishna and this is his antaryami his ishta devata the the lord of his heart if you will is is the case with the godias uh in in general krishna and krishna as i said they look very closely at him and looking very closely at krishna they find oh he's not alone hmm so radha krishna and then 
taking notice of the significant other, they come to understand how significant that other is. Hmm? That other is one, but different in a significant way. Hmm? Personifying the ideal of love itself and the way, and teaching thereby the way. Hmm? So some so therefore the famous Gaudiya cry, Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe. Hmm? And that, as Prabodhananda Saraswati has said, the closer we look at Radha, well, he said it the other way around, but <laughs> yes, if we look closely at Radha, Radha Krishna, then we start to see, oh, there's something else there. The one became two, and the two are again becoming one in a different way, in a dynamic way, and that is Sri Chaitanya. Prabodhananda said, the closer you look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the closer you come to was Radha's love. Hmm? So, <clears throat> the Chaitya Guru, anyway, Krishna in the heart, when I say Krishna, I mean Krishna, Radha Krishna, and for that matter, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but <clears throat> he says that this Andriyami, the Chaitya Guru, uh, residing in the heart, his voice is hard for us to hear because our head is very fat in human society. It's very big. We, we're proud of the fact that we are intelligent as much as if to say that therefore we're, we're different than the other animals. Hmm. But as I mentioned, if we don't use the intelligence in a way other than animals lead their life hmm, to gratify their senses and pursue the basic animal needs, then are we any different than an animal qualitatively or are we quantitatively only a bigger beast? Hmm. So when intelligence is, is uh, while on a hierarchy in a superior position than senses and sense objects, if it is brought into the service of the senses in pursuit of sense objects, it becomes corrupted, so to speak, and makes for a very dangerous animal. <clears throat> so, we get the head, if you will, in human life, and we get self, self-awareness, the idea that I am, this surfaces in, in human consciousness, and a little bit of I am, but what am I, and why am I, but sometimes the pursuit of that, which is the natural pursuit of human society, which makes us human in a sense, becomes covered by the demand of the senses and the corruption, as I say, of intellect and so forth. And so the heart that is coming out, that really separates us from the other forms of life. It's not that because we have intelligence we're different, but because we have the capacity to, to do things voluntarily, that is not to, to sacrifice. We don't find the cows here saying, Shamala, you go first. Uh, go ahead. When you're finished, I'll take mine. No. <laughs> but in human society, we can do that. We can say, you know, please, thank you, and you first. We can make sacrifices, and love is, 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 is the child of the, uh, the womb of uh, sacrifice, the labor of sacrifice. Hmm. So, 
this heart is somewhat uh, covered by the by the intoxicated uh, condition that we arrive at due to the swelling of the the head, if you will, reasoning. Reasoning is profound. It does separate us to some extent from the animals, but it may not, as they say. It may make us a bigger animal if we look closer. If we use intelligence by putting it in its place and allow the heart to come out, and this being a wise heart then, a wise heart, this is what spiritual life and spiritual pursuit is about. And the guru then, the who is in the heart, who we can't hear because of the fat head, comes out mm-hmm, before us in another form, the form of the mahant. It means a sadhu, a saintly person, someone who's in the world, but not of the world. And this person speaks loudly, has the capacity to close down our reasoning power. Hmm. And that by the force of his or her own heart, actually. Hmm. It's like I've often said, we speak and we, and we to, to a crowd and people listen and filter everything through their intellect. Their heart is rather guarded and not going to let just anything and let it go around between the ears and circulate a few times. And Okay, and we let that go in. Not sure about that and so forth. Hmm? So the sadhu speaks from the heart, tries to convey a heart experience by trying to translate that into a logical arrangement of words that don't do justice to the experience, but nonetheless are necessary given the audience and the preoccupation with the head, which is a guarded existence. In other words, we, we, we're living a kind of a proceed with caution life as much as it is guided by intellect and the free life, the homeland of the heart, is not at our, uh, we haven't full access to. We're not, therefore, entirely comfortable. We're somewhat guarded. Hmm? So, the Guru's task, of course, then, Krishna's task, as, as a manifest, manifested as the Guru, Guru is one with Krishna, but different at the same time. That's another point we have to get to, but at any rate, his task is to try to acquaint us with the homeland of the heart, and that, to a large extent, requires putting intellect in the head in its its place. So he or she will speak, as I say, the language that we're at least supposed to speak of logic and reason in human society in such a way that we can start to learn to speak the language of the heart, the language of love. He or she is acquainted with that language and with the language of reasoning. Hmm? So, serving as a bridge to take us there, to use the reasoning, to fi- it's, 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 it's valuable, but it has to be harnessed. If it is the master, everything is lost. If intellect is the master, the self is lost. Hmm? The self is superior to intellect. How will intellect find it? Hmm? How will intellect shed light? How will the shadow shed light? on the light. Hmm? Intellect is only a shadow. Hmm? Mind, senses, these are only shadows in comparison to the, the, the luminous self that is the seer, the experiencer. Hmm? The self knows what is red, what is yellow, what is happy, 
the intellect only knows the words. Hmm? Hmm. It never tastes the honey inside the jar. So, oh, to get at that heart, hmm, this is the task. So the Krishna appears as the guru for this purpose before us. And two functions then Krishna's Kaviraj has emphasized. Diksha, which means to impart the Dibhigyan, a transmission of, of um, transcendental Dibhya, divine knowledge, in the form of the mantra. Hmm? Into the ear, it has, from one heart, it is beating, pulsating, and forcing its way up to, to onto the tongue. Hmm? And then enters into the ear of an, and into the heart. This is Guru Parampara. This is the succession of the teacher, the student, and it is passed on in this way. Hmm? So this is the gift, the mantra. It's packaged, as I said earlier. It's in a formula. So it's, it's, it, it, it's in a particular formula in such a way that intellect can't penetrate it, for that matter. Huh? Often in the text it's told slightly differently, or some word is left out, and so forth, when the mantra is described. <laughs> Which is, means to say it needs to be imparted from someone who has experience of that. In order for, to, for us to derive the full effect, it's not something we can just pick out of the, uh, 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 the, the, the bookstore or something like that. Hmm? Yeah. It's the f- it's the form of the deity. Hmm? The mantra is the form. So, what is the form of God? Then you see, it's a very different form than what we think is form. But it has form, has shape. Uh, yes, because. Uh, art is only an idea until the, the, the canvas is there, shape and form. We can take advantage of it and experience it. Hmm? So he imparts the mantra, and it's you know like like gift wrapped and so forth. So along with the imparting, which is the diksha, comes the siksha, which is the instructions how to unwrap the package, how to uh, how the gift works and so forth, how to conduct ourselves in such a way that it will do its its magic. Hmm? Hmm. And the deity who's in the heart will come out. Hmm. So the idea he's there, but we cannot hear. The head is in the way. Now we have to get through this maze of this defense if you will, every every species of life has a built-in defense system, right? To defend itself as much as one can hmm? in a world where everything has to die. Hmm? Every sense of self that is derived from attachment to things, hmm? and that will is here today, but it will be surely gone tomorrow or the next day. Hmm? So we have a defense system to an extent. Right. The deer have fast legs to run on. The skunk has a scent. Hmm. Everyone has a defense system. The human defense system <laughs> is defending against God. <laughs> defending against the death of the ego, which is which is <laughs> what human life is really meant to be about. Where 
we, we say that human life gives us the opportunity to, to sacrifice, to love. But when we play it out and we really understand it, we understand human life is at a time when we, become on, we go on the altar. <laughs> we, we don't go on the altar to sit on the throne as we think we are sitting now above all the other species, but to be for heart surgery. Hmm? <laughs> this is the idea. <laughs> so we, we will be thrown into the fire of sacrifice. This is... Uh, Oh, I just I that am to be sacrificed. So, <laughs> so the, this is and this is the beginning. Then, if for a real spiritual life, then the ego and identity that fosters the material life that has to die. That's not the end of it. That's not the be all and end all of spiritual life. But it's a good beginning. Hmm? So we have a defense system against this. Hmm? This is very interesting. A nice idea. It means everyone is being chased in this world by a uh, un, un um, becoming prospect of one living being is food for another. So we're hunters and hunted at the same time. It's not very pretty, and in human life, the, the hunting we're also being hunted. We're not really being hunted. We can protect ourselves to a large extent from other species of life and and dominate, but but we're actually being chased after by the sadhus for the killing of the ego. This is a huge, huge thing. Uh, material death is is nothing, as I said the other morning. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu once said, "If if by dying." I could attain prem for Krishna, I would have killed myself a thousand times without thinking twice. But it's not that easy. You have to die to the killing tendency that is within us. Hmm? The taking and exploiting ego, very, very difficult. Uh, but of course, he makes it easy comparatively. Hmm? Krishna Bhakti makes it easy by bringing before us a prospect that is so much more encouraging. Hmm? than the prospect of material life. Or the vague idea of the ending of exploitation would be good. True, but is there anything more to it than that, than that is the idea. Yes, so much more more than that. Muktiratvanitarupam swarupena bhavastitihi Remove the negative influence of our exploiting tendency and become situated in our natural, uh, in our highest prospects, swarupena vivastiti, in a serving ego, a serving identity. Then we have prospect for entering in the lila, the play, movement that is not out of necessity, born of seeds that I've sown, being chased by the fruits now, by my karmic uh, reactions. No, so Guru wants to help us enter into this kind of life, and so he, this means Krishna coming before us to give the mantram, to give instruction, how to use that, how to change our life in such a way that it will start to act, and so on and so forth. So, the main point, as I mentioned, that uh, Sri Krishna's Kaviraj, our author here, wants to make at the onset of his book. It's significant that the onset of his book begins with these two words, Vandi Gurun, 
My respect, he says, to the gurus. Hmm? He mentions Shirup Sanatan Bhattaragunath, Jivagupalvata Dasaragunath. These are very prominent people in the lineage of Sri Chaitanya Rupa, Sri Rupa Goswami, Sanatan, the elder brother of Rupa, Jiva Goswami, their nephew, Raghunath Das, Raghunath Bhatta, hmm? and Gopal Bhatta. These are the Shastra gurus of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, so another kind of guru, Shastra guru. What I mean, what I mean by that is that Shastra means Well, it, it refers to the scripture or revelation. Hmm? The idea that if if the infinite wants to be known by the finite, then the finite can know. Hmm? Otherwise, it would be impossible for the finite to know the infinite, but the infinite has infinite capacity. So uh, if it wants to be known, then the impossible can be done. The finite can know the infinite. Hmm? And he does, so to speak, the infinite does want the finite to know, and and so the infinite reveals something about himself. Send us a letter. Hmm? And it begins, Om. It's very comforting. As I said before, Om is an affirmation. It, it, it is a it is a big yes. What you're thinking, that there's more to life than what meets the eye, this surfaces in human consciousness. Yes. And, you, and it's you. You are more than meets the eye and the mind. You are the more. Hmm? Very encouraging. You might ask, if the letter from from the absolute, from the Godhead, so to speak, begins with the Om and answers a question, yes, what's the question? And the question is us. We are the question. Human life is the question. Human life is the big why. It's not just a how. How to eat, how to sleep, how to mate. Why? Why should I do anything? Why am I? So, this kind of different, a qualitatively different inquiry, the scripture is answering this. As I said before, we cannot get the answer to our necessity as human beings from nature because our necessity is not an objective necessity relative to our, our the objective side of ourself, matter, but it's relative to the subjective side of ourself, consciousness, the inquirer. How can nature? answer to the necessity of consciousness when consciousness and matter, according to the Vedanta, are ontologically uh, different, categorically different. Hmm? The observer is different than that which is observed. Hmm? So we need, a, we need something from the consciousness realm to answer the question of human life. This is what Shastra So it says, Om, yes, and then many other statements. You can have it, just do this. Just change a little bit. <laughs> just change your angle of vision. Hmm? That turns out to be 
a little bit more of a difficult task, but there is encouragement along the way. Hmm? So, Shastra. And we have here the respect being offered by our respected author to those who constitute the Shastra gurus of Gaudiya Sampradaya, the Gaudiya lineage. What we mean by that is that there's a body of sacred texts in the uh, in, in the Hindu world, let's say, which is the oldest form of uh, revelation, the Upanishads, and then the concordance of them in the form of the sutras, the Brahma Sutras, and so forth. And then we have the Puranas and the Gita and so forth. These are all... Um, well, the Upanishad, the oldest form of, of revelation in human society, the Eastern revelation. Hmm? And in the uh, Hindu circles, then these sacred texts are honored. They serve, as I mentioned this morning, as like the, a standard of knowledge. So if you want to take a position, there should be some support, a theological or philosophical position, there should be some support from, from revelation. This is called theology, I, I guess you could say. Uh, reasoning, we call it Shastra Yukti, not Kabal Yukti. The modern Western society is based largely on Kabal Yukti. Yukti means logic, reason, philosophy, unhinged from revelation. Just let the mind go. Hmm. <laughs> And think it could be like this, it could be like that. Hmm. Examine with the senses and think about it and so forth. Um, that has got us somewhere. <laughs> uh, and some people say, Stephen Hawking said, the famous, uh, I think he's a physicist, he said, where it's got in this is philosophy's dead. That was his idea. I mean, I don't agree with him, but. Uh, in other words, it's a kind of a come back to logical or empirical positivism. Hmm? Um, so we haven't got too far uh, in terms of being satisfied, happy, hmm? fulfilled. Hmm? In the East, and especially in times gone by, it was true in the West as well, of course, Philosophy was tied to, to revelation. Hmm? And so we would reason about what was, what, what, what was coming down, hmm? what, had, what had come from, from uh, beyond the mind, beyond the senses hmm, to us. And, um, and so that body of texts then serves a wide community of different disciplines in India. The discipline of Jnana, of Karma, of Yoga. Here we're in the discipline of Bhakti. And uh, learning how to love. And our esteemed author has offered his respects to these six I mentioned, Rup, Sanatan, the six Goswamis, very important persons. What they did they, is they formed our lineage around the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They saw the ecstasy of Sri Chaitanya and they said, something's got to be done about this. This has, this has got to be taken advantage of. Here is 
the ex the example of what uh, human I I I. Uh, uh, Ideal should be what what the prospect for human society is, and so they they took the waterfall, if you will, of his ecstasy and love of God, and turned it into a lake in the form of text, so that it could be approached and understood. And they 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 created a map on those texts to locate the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with regard to the greater body of sacred texts, the Revelation, the Shruti, the Smriti, the Upanishads, and so forth. They drew from these texts, and then they identified the experience, the phenomenon of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm, and made it understandable to us, accessible, approachable, like a great waterfall. You can stand back and watch it, but the lake you can drink, you can swim in it, you can bathe in it, and so forth. So they, in a soft sense, institutionalized the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to make it accessible to people. Hmm? And in doing so, they, they wrote uh, many books. We have Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Brihat hmm? uh, Bhagavatamrita, and so forth. These are the kind of the original seminal texts of Gaudiya Sampradaya. And they have become, for our particular lineage, formed on the basis of these Goswami's understanding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and locating him in the sacred, his, his, his reality in the sacred text, they have become Shastra for us. You follow what I'm saying? Hmm? They have taken on a, 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 uh, um, a position of Shastra within the lineage. So in that sense we call them Shastra Gurus. In other words, whatever Rupa Goswami wrote, then he said, and this is supported by this Purana, or and this Upanishad says this, this, this supports my point, and so forth. So you take all those points, they are actually grounded hmm, in the prior text, the seminal text, and so forth. But they become, in this way, the guru speaking can become a Shastra. Hmm. Sometimes they say, well, Guru, if the guru speaks, that becomes shastra. But the guru doesn't speak that which is not represented by shastra. We went through this this morning, so it's a little bit tricky because he speaks, he writes, but it's all supported by the shastra. So he's really repeating the shastra, but in a dynamic and insightful way. So anyway, they are the shastra gurus, and he offers his respect to them. And he was a he had their company, Krishnadas. Hmm? This book, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, is kind of the final book of the Gaudiya Shastras, the Bhakti Shastras. He's offering his respect to his Shastra Gurus, and in fact, he's one of them for us. He took their teachings, written in Sanskrit, about Krishna Bhakti, hmm? and Sri Chaitanya, and so forth, about the, the consciousness of consciousness was, was, was their subject, not just about consciousness and the difference from, between that and matter, but the consciousness of consciousness. This is a very interesting idea. They wrote about this, and Krishnadas, our author here, he took it and wrote it in Bengali. Hmm? Sanskrit was the language of the elite, religious, intellectual uh, community. Not everybody could read Sanskrit, hmm? especially Sanskrit prose, commentary. But uh, at least in West Bengal, 
everybody spoke Bengali. Hmm? So uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, hailed from or appeared in, in Bengal. So basically he took the teachings of the Goswamis back to Bengal and said, in, in the, in the ben- common Bengali language, and said, know about this Eastern Savior, Sri Chaitanya, and the vision of the Goswamis. Put it in the common language. This was a huge and artful exercise hmm, for the community that really served served to foster and uh, and collect a community and a, a lineage that, of course, we are coming in the line of. So it's worth mentioning here these six Goswamis, as he has, Shastra gurus. They are also his Siksha gurus, whom he got instruction from and so forth. Notably, perhaps, he does not mention his Diksha guru. Hmm? We don't find any mention there, direct mention. Hmm? Um, that is not to say that he thought that his Siksha gurus were more important than the Diksha guru. More likely, he was following the adage of that one should keep one's <coughs> guru's name hidden. Something like that. These days, people want to go beat other people over the head with the name of their guru, saying, you should follow my guru. Hmm? This is not the idea. Hmm? No. Hmm? That my connection with my guru, this is a sacred thing. This, I don't just share that with anybody and everybody. Hmm? Not everybody and anybody is, 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 is interested in such. This is a loving affair. Love wants to share itself, but it knows, well, everybody's not interested, so it's more done in private. Hmm? And of course, that is a much more attractive approach. If people see, hmm, she comes to work every day, and during the coffee break, we all sit, chat, and read about the... uh, Republican nomination or something, or and and she pulls out those little bees or what is going on there with that? You know, they're inside a bag. You can't quite see what it is. She's whispering. What's she whispering? What's in that bag? What happened to your hand? (laughs) Did you hurt your hand? No, no. Gradually they. They want to bring that out. What is that? What's going on there? Hmm? There's my guru is there. He's in a bag. <laughs> I take him with me wherever I go. I hold him next to my heart. So as they pry, then what has happened is by not revealing, not then you've created a teachable moment, actually. People want to know. Hmm? Then you can go in. Then you say, I can share something with them. Hmm? So this is a good good practice. Hmm? And will save us from uh, religious fanaticism, so to speak. So, he had a Sikshu Guru, he had the Shastra Gurus, he had the Diksha Guru and all. And he wants to say that this plurality of gurus, this many ways in which uh, we are taught, the source of this is one, and the message is one also. Hmm? There are many, um, 
manifestations of the Guru, but the teaching, the essential uh, message is one. Hmm? And so kind of a unity and diversity with regard to the principle of Guru, Guru Tattva. Now, as I mentioned, uh, what he wants to do in the text here is, is, as I'm discussing here, he wants to cite, he's made this point in Bengali. Hmm? Now he wants to support his point. Hmm? So in order to support his point, he's going to draw from the greater body of texts that the common people already have regard for, from the great Bhagavad Purana, from the Gita. Hmm? He'll draw from. He draws from the, and ultimate and finally, he draws from the, you know, from the Bhagavad Purana. He, he draws from the Gita, and he'll draw in his final verse from uh, a, a different kind of book, but an important book to the lineage as well, the Krishna Karnamrita of Bilvamangala Thakur, also known as Lila Sukha. So we'll we'll try to get to that, but <clears throat> but what he's doing is. Largely, what I'm talking about, what we have been talking about to one extent or another, here he is a guru for us, Krishna Skabiraj. He's a purvacharya, a previous guru. A previous guru is not entirely, as we can see, absent from the scene. Hmm? Here we're still taking the teachings, but we're hearing the teachings from a teacher also that he's given. It's helping us to understand the book and. Uh, uh, open it up for us, make it more readily accessible in our time and circumstance by speaking about it with analogies from our own time that gives us some familiarity. We feel we're on familiar ground and so forth, uh, nonetheless learning something new. Hmm? New ground is being covered at the same time. So this is the art of uh, this succession of passing this knowledge on, that it remains alive and vibrant. We bring it close to the deadness of our life, in our material, limited material experience of the dead world, if you will, the world of matter, hmm? where we find ourselves absorbed, and then from there, it's like a, what do they call that, you know, resuscitation, something like that. Hmm? So, anyway, he's following this, this system, right? So he's made a point, the point is that there's a plurality of gurus, but at the same time, the guru is one. The guru is Krishna. Hmm? And the guru then manifests, Krishna manifests from within the heart, outside, in different forms to teach us. Representationally, the sadhu, the saint, is the guru, is Krishna. He's not Krishna in person, but he is representing that truth in a way that we can more readily assimilate it. So we regard him as if it were Krishna himself coming to us. Indeed, it is not nothing but the words of Krishna that he speaks to us. And those, of course, are the words of Vyas. This is the Vyasa Puja that we're celebrating, the worship of Vyas, the Adi Guru who compiled all the texts, all the sacred texts and so forth. So, here we are now. Again, he has made a point in Bengali. Now he's going to support it. He's going to cite nine verses from the greater body of sacred texts that the entire Hindu world accepts as, as a revealed sound. What all those sounds mean, necessarily, they may not know, but they have 
some regard for them. And when someone speaks about them in a relevant way, then they can enter into a deeper understanding of their significance. These are very, very powerful verses that he quotes for the most part. He only quotes them ostensibly for one purpose, however, to, to support his point that the Guru is Krishna, hmm? appearing in a number, many, many, a number of ways. Hmm? But the verses he cite contain much more than about, about this lineage, about Krishna Bhakti, than that. So we can't help but think that he placed them here in the beginning of the book hmm? for other reasons as well. Hmm? He wants to say, here's evidence for what I'm saying, evidence that Krishna is the guru, Krishna gives instruction from within the heart, for example. Hmm? But he also wants to say in a hidden way, and this is the kind of thing he says. Wow. He will quote from the... From the, from the uh, Chatur Shloki of the Gita, the four nutshell essential verses of the Gita. He will ch- ch- uh, cite from the Chatur Shloki of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? The Bhagavat was originally spoken by Krishna to Brahma in, in four verses. Six, two introductory verses, and then four verses, the Chatur Shloki. This is the, the inception, if you will, of the, of the story of the life of Bhagavan that is the Bhagavat. The whole philosophy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is packed in there. He's, uh, he doesn't elaborate on all the significance of them, but it's significant that he chooses to cite them here. Hmm? So, we'll go through some of these verses. Right? First is a very uh, well-known verse. He says, Acharjumam bijaniyam navamonita karichit namarcha buddhasuyeta sarudevamayoguru this is Krishna speaking in the Bhagavad Purana. He says, Acharjamam. Acharjamam Vijaniyan. He says, You should know that I am the Acharja. Acharja means, it means Guru Achar. It's a nice word because the word Achar means conduct. Hmm? And we know from common English parlance that example speaks louder than precept. Hmm? Guru should know the precept, that's true. Hmm? But Guru should also exemplify the precept. And if we were to have to do with just one, we would choose the exemplifying of the precept over knowing the precept. Indeed, if one knows the precept but does not exemplify it, one does not know the precept. Hmm? And one cannot effectively convey the precept. That kind of conveyance may shift the mind and the intellect to some extent, but it cannot change the heart. Therefore, nivritatashe rupagiyamanat pavosada chotramano biramat ka utamastokagunanu varanam puman virajetabina pashugnat when Parikshitmar spoke at the beginning of the tenth canto, now he was just about to hear the entirety the, the, from the beginning to the end of the Leela of Krishna from the mouth of Sukadev. Hmm? 
the boy Sukadev, the king was. This was the, this is the, the zenith of the text of eighteen thousand verses, and it's it's the bit greater part of the whole of the twelve cantos, the twelve books. The tenth is bigger than many of them put together. It's the Ashray Tattva, the Bhagavatam. He's talked about the, uh, this, the, the sheltered principles, Ashrita, nine of them. Now he's going to talk about the Ashray, the shelter-giving principle, Krishna. So the whole of Krishna Leela will be told. And the Raj says, Nibhita-tashe rupagiyamanad babu-sarap-chotramam-no-viramad Nibhita-tashe This is a glorification of Sugadev, the speaker. We will hear this from you because you have no other desire. Hmm? You're not doing this to make a living or to uh, make yourself feel good, uh, that you're a, a good speaker, intelligent person, to get a following or anything of the sort. Earlier on it was said by Sutta, Goswami, hmm? who was the disciple of Sukadev, that... Um, Purana, puranaha, puranayaha, what does he say? Puranayaha, guhyam. My, my respect to Sukadev, my guru. He revealed the secrets of this Purana. Hmm? Karunayaha, Purana guhyam. Out of Karuna. Karuna means out of compassion. He was full. Hmm? He had no necessity other than to share the fullness of his own experience. He was not taking anything. There was no taking attached to his. There was no payment for his talk. Hmm? He was he was paying the audience, hmm? yeah, so to speak. Yeah. So, therefore, as I say, the acharya is a nice word here used hmm, to describe the guru. Achara means behavior. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself particularly uh, emphasized this point of teaching by uh, example. Krishna in the Gita says, What great persons do by example, this is what the people will follow. Shrotriyam hmm? Brahmanishtam. This is the Guru. Shrotriyam means... He or she knows the sacred text, Shrotriyam. They've heard nicely from their guru. They heard the sound. Hmm? They really heard it. And therefore, Shrotriyam, Brahmanishtam. They have become situated in that Brahman. Hmm? And from there, now they will speak about that. That will have some power to change a heart. Hmm? So, acharja, the guru is an acharja. We call Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lila, Krishna's acharja lila, Krishna appearing as the as a devotee of himself to teach the way of bhakti. Hmm? Here, from the eleventh book of the Bhagavat, the eleventh canto, Krishna says, "Acharja mam vijaniyam." He said, "You should know who is the acharya." It is me. Hmm? I am the Acharya. This is Krishnadasa's point, right? Hmm? The Guru is Krishna. It doesn't mean that the Guru is Krishna, in the sense that the Guru is God. 
but the Guru is Krishna in as much as there is no way in which Krishna is coming closer to us and more importantly to us that we could take advantage of hmm, and flourish spiritually than in the form of the Guru. Localized, Krishna is coming to us. Hmm. This tailor-made, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagyavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latobij, Bhagya and Brahmanda Brahmite. Brahmanda Brahmite means throughout the universe, the jiva, the living entity, is wandering through many, many species of life. And at some point, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagya. Bhagya means lucky. He becomes fortunate. Hmm? Sometimes there's an example given of the what is it, of the turtle. Hmm? Anyone knows that example? <laughs> yeah, so it's to find <laughs> something like that, or in that in the you go, the, the, the tur- tortoise, the tur- turtle dives in the lake, and then the lake becomes covered with ice. Uh oh, because he can go down for a long time, but he's got to come up for air at some point. Hmm? And if somewhere in the whole pond there's a little hole, and the turtle finds that hole. <sighs> What are the chances of that? This is good fortune, we think. The odds are so rare that we call it good luck. (laughs) Something like that. This is, we say sometimes that bhava is rarely attained. We might think, oh, that's my ideal, but it's rarely attained, so I'm discouraged. Don't think like that. As we learn from this, to tread the path is rare, and you're doing that. Hmm? And that's one of the reasons bhava is rare, because people don't tread the path or the right path hmm? to attain bhava. Hmm? So no, we should be encouraged, hmm? very much encouraged. What is our prospect? One of my godbrothers used to say, the distance we have traveled thus far, Brahmanda Brahmite, wandering throughout the universe through different species of life and so forth, is far greater than the distance we have to go from this point, having met our Gurudev. Hmm? While that may be a long distance to attain the goal, hmm? do we really care? Hmm? In the presence of our Gurudev, in the warm embrace, the tight fist, loving, affectionate fist of our <laughs> of our guru. <laughs> we don't really care to go anywhere else anyway. Hmm? Therefore it said, if Krishna should come to the sadhaka, the practitioner, and say, I would like you to do some service over here, uh, then he would say, wait a minute, I have to ask my guru about that. And he would say, is that the one you're talking about? Hmm. He has asked me for some service. With your permission, I will go. Something like that. Guru Nishta. This is important. Hmm. Guru Nishta. Hmm. We don't give that name out too easily. <laughs> so...
Krishna says, Acharjamam bijaniyam, you should know that I'm the Acharya. I've come in that form in a way that you can take advantage of me more so than in any other form. This is Brahmanda Brahmite Kon, Bhagyavan Jeev. The Jeev becomes Bhagya, fortunate. How is that? Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latubij. Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai. Because Krishna brings him to the Guru, and the Guru brings us to Krishna. Hmm? Very nice. To go in a systematic way now. Hmm? To go at all is a fortunate thing, but to go in a systematic way with the guidance is, well, this is most, uh, most desirable. Hmm? So, Krishna says, I make that arrangement. Hmm? That is me coming to you and telling you how I would like you to serve me. You have a prospect. Hmm? In my mind, you have a destiny. Hmm? Uh, Krishna says, serve me, I want to, do, to put the opportunity before you. S- some destiny, but some choices there. Hmm? At the same time, you don't have to take it, but I'll make it difficult for you not to. Hmm? I want to. I love you. <laughs> this is what he says. Acharjamam. I am the acharja. Acharjamam bijaniyad. Navamam karichit. He says it in an opposite way now. I am the Acharya, he says, and you sh- therefore you should never disrespect him. Hmm? This representation. This is Guru Avagya. That should be avoided. <laughs> to disrespect the Guru means we can never take advantage of the gift of the Guru. The gift is the name, the mantram, and so forth. Hmm? So dis- to disrespect this principle, to try to get around this principle, People don't like the idea of the guru because there has been so much, perhaps for one reason, there has been so much misrepresentation of the guru. Or people use the misrepresentation of the principle of guru as an excuse for not taking shelter of the guru. Hmm? It's not a good, it's not justification. The more there is misrepresentation of something, the more we know there is something. That has been misrep- they cannot misrepresent something unless it actually exists. Hmm? That there will be imposters as a given hmm? of a good thing. Hmm? There will always be an imitation. And we have to sort that out to the best of our sincerity. And if in the course of sorting that out with the measure of the sincerity that we have and the Sukriti from previous lives and so forth, we come into a partial manifestation of that divinity, hmm? We take advantage, and then, 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 the, then, the, then the, the well dries up. Hmm? We are to move on. Hmm? This may happen. Hmm? We are only better prepared now to identify the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the real currency from the counterfeit. Hmm? So sincerity doesn't go in vain. Hmm? much as we have, we should exercise that. That's all we have. Truth attracts truth. Hmm? We've gone to pursue the Absolute. He will respond in some way. Hmm? We'll have to take it as it, as it comes down, something like that. Hmm? Go with that. So, we should respect the Guru 
to a measure that almost we should give the benefit of the doubt. Hmm? Prabhupada's father is an example. Hmm? Prabhupada's father, my guru's father, used to invite anyone who looked like a sadhu, hmm? if he came into town, to his home. Hmm? He has, was so attached to the idea here from sadhus that if anyone just kind of looked like a sadhu, he would invite him in. And Prabhupada got a little confused by that. He, the, a lot of these guys my dad brings in, they're not really sadhus. They look like sadhus. But, but this is not a bad tendency. Hmm? Somewhere in between might be good. But the ten, but the, with a little bit of discrimination. But the ten, but the tendency to, to only only to doubt and to examine, and pursue the guru with with reasoning alone, rather than with the heart's necessity, hmm? that will not be very fruitful. Hmm? If we have a, a fact list, a checklist. Okay, I'm going to look for a guru. I got a checklist of all the things that should and shouldn't be there. If this is our approach, you never find a guru like that. You have to have such a necessity that you, some risk is involved. Nothing risk, nothing looks good, feels good. Then people checking the facts. Looks good, feels good, but it shouldn't. <laughs> He's from over there. The guru was supposed to come from over here. You know, this, people say that to me sometimes. They say, "You know, you say what you say is that's." I'm really inspired by that, but but I'm I'm wondering if it's right. I said, "Well, <laughs> what else, what else you need to know? What are you here for? You're very inspired. Hmm? This is like the head is getting in the way here. Hmm? So this is not the way to find the guru. I have a necessity, and oh, our necessity is great. If we don't think we have one, then." We need to sit down and let's talk about it. Brahman the Brahmite, you're wandering throughout the universe. You've got everything set now, but what will you be when the foundation of your whole happiness is taken out from underneath your feet without any notice, perhaps? And again, you're being born, only to start all over again. What have you invested in to, uh, for security? Let's examine it. Does it have any purchasing power of real estate that will in a land where there's no death? No. Hmm? It will not help us. Our necessity is extreme. If only we knew. Hmm? People want to know what are the what is the what are the qualifications of the guru? One answer is let's start with the qualifications of the disciple. There's no guru without disciple. What, what would be the disciple? So you think, try to become like, what is, the, what is the necessity, what is the inquiring spirit? My Guru Maharaj used to say, not everyone needs a guru, only people who want a, a comprehensive solution to the problem of life. Hmm? People want a Band-Aid, hmm? but they don't want heart surgery. <laughs> uh, but they don't know, they're on death row. They don't know. Well, they haven't stopped to think about that. So, so the respect for the guru figure, this is very uh, important. We, we try to get around that principle. Hmm? 
then the, the mantra that we might get from a book, otherwise it will never reveal itself to us. So Krishna says, emphatically here, I am the Acharya, you should know that. Hmm? Then you, this, this should never be disrespected. And the interesting thing here, one of them is, the context of this verse in the Srimad Bhagavat in the 12th, this is the 12th, 11th canto, 11th book, of a book of 12 cantos, 18,000 verses or so. In the context, the context we find this verse is Krishna is speaking about what is called the, the Kuluguru. Kuluguru. In India, there's a system like the family guru. Hmm? The family guru. Like, uh, let's say, for example, Sandipani Muni is kind of like the Kuluguru of Krishna. But Radharani is his real guru. Hmm? Substan- more, more, I should say, more substantial guru. Hmm? So it's not speaking necessarily of, or overtly, of the <coughs> principle of a, of a sadguru, an eternal guru, but a guru who you know, basically uh, tends to the rituals of family life, performs the various sangskars, teaches the student the basic teaching, and so forth. Hmm? He says, even I am, I am this guru, even. Any... To whatever extent I am represented anywhere, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. So acharya mambijaniyam navamanita karichit. And he says that further. He says what that 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 this the guru is the sum total of all the gods and goddesses. It means. You should know this. Whatever you could get from all the gods and goddesses of the that are thought to be the kind of when we speak about the world poetically and and, and really hmm, because it is kind of a poetry in motion we find the gods and goddesses presiding over water and wind and and uh, sun and and uh, and so on and so forth and they all have all these uh, aspects of nature have something to offer us, right? Hmm? Um, the guru is the sum total of all of this. In other words, what, whatever you could get from the world, hmm? you don't have to look there anymore. You can look in one place. It's very easy. You can look in one place, do guru bhakti, and everything will come. All, all, all of that, of course, and more. Hmm? So here is one verse, and he cited from the Bhagavatam. It says what he says: the Guru is Krishna, hmm? right? In the heart, Guru is coming. Outside, that Mahant who comes before us, this is a representative form of Krishna. The ambassador is to be treated like the president himself. Hmm? He's not the president, but he's only going to say what Washington wants him to say. Hmm? <laughs> Right? Something like that. So, then another verse he cites. We're going through them. What is the time? 7.50. We haven't got much time left, but... Naivod payanti apachitim kavayastavesha parmayusha pikvitam riddha mudhas marantah Yontar bahis tanubritam 
Vashubham Vidunvan Acharya Chaitya Vipusa Svagatim Vyanakti He says this is another verse from Bhagavatam, again from the 11th book. Oh, Uddhava speaking. Uddhava is the advisor of Krishna in his Leela, his princely Leela in Dwarka. He's the pundit of Krishna. Krishna in his Leela seeks advice. What shall I do, Uddhava? What does the scripture say? Hmm? Uddhava says, well, the scripture says this. You should, okay, follow in that way. This is Uddhava. And Uddhava was sent commissioned by Krishna to bring a message to the gopis in Vrindavan. Hmm? But when he went there, he found out that, oh, he was really sent to get a message from the gopis. What is the nature of their love? Then he broadcast that so that we would think, if Uddhava is saying this, then that must be very extraordinary, that love of Vrindavan, that love of the gopis that might be questionable in our minds, there should not be question. It is Amala. It is spotless. Uddhava has said so. Hmm? So Uddhava says here, Oh, my Lord, transcendental poets and experts in the spiritual science could not fully express their indebtedness to you even if they were endowed with the prolonged lifetime of Brahma. We talked about that a long time. His day is a long time. Don't speak of his lifetime. Four, you appear in two features, externally as the Acharya and internally as the Supreme Soul to deliver the embodied living being by directing him how to come to you. So this confirms what he's saying, right? The Guru is in the heart, one side, he appears outside. This is a nice verse that Chakravati Vishwanath cites in his Raghavart Machandrika. The other night we were talking about how the jiva can attain a swarup the culmination of his, her practice, Nard attained the swarup, a, 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 a Bhagavatim Tanum. What does it mean? Bhagavatim Tanum, Golok. Tanu means? Nanda Tanu Ja. Tanu means body. Hmm? Bhagavatim Tanum, a body like, like God's. To associate with God in Leela. Hmm? He got a body like that, Narada. He was telling the story to Vyas, his, his student, how it happened. Hmm? So we were discussing that. We, we, we didn't get too far. We just talked a little bit about it. But uh, in talking about that in, in some detail, Vishwana Chakravartitakur in his book, Raghvart Machandrika, hmm? the moonbeam Chandrika uh, of, of the... Uh, like the moonbeams on the light on the on the path of Raga, hmm? you need moonbeams to light the way. This is this is a secret path, stealing off into the night. Hmm? So he he says there that that this uh, this in the, in the practice of the Rag Mark there as I mentioned there's a cultivation of this identity. There's a, a, a removal of the material identity and there is a culture of a spiritual identity in relation to Krishna that as the slate of the consciousness is cleared hmm, and attachment to material things is severed, 
and attachment to Krishna is secured, then an identity that starts to form, just like our identity is a product of our attachments here. We are our desires and our attachments. So when we have desire only for Krishna, attachment for Krishna, an identity starts to form. Hmm? And so that includes the, the, a tanum, a body, ainanda tanuja, king karam, Mahaprabhu says, patitamam bishamebhavam budo. I want to move into the house of Nanda, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying. I want, to, I want to become, he says, I want to become a handmaiden of, uh, in the house of Nanda Maharaj. I want to marry Krishna, he's saying. Hmm. I want <laughs> you need a body for that, for being the Leela. So, Bhagavatim Tanum, Nanda got such a swarup, such a transcendental form. Hmm. Liberation is not formless. No. And Leela is not a provisional reality, it is the ultimate reality. So he says, Vishwanath, he quotes this verse and he says, there's three ways in which this Swarup will be revealed. One way is the Guru may reveal it to us by speaking to us about it. Another way is that the Diksha Guru, the Siksha Guru or another Rag uh, devotee may reveal it to us. Or, he said, from within, Krishna may reveal in the context of our practice. And that way, of course, is surely we are knowing from that. In other words, if I was to say to you, your swarup is this, you would know because you trust me. But you wouldn't know by experience at the same time. Or if another sadhu was to, the hero under the care was to tell you that, you could know in a way. And you could start to orient yourself towards such a practice and so forth. But the knowing that comes from within, that the antaryami, the chaitya guru, reveals, this, is, this means you really know now. Hmm? The telling on the part of the guru is only, if at all, to help us for taking to a practice by which we actually know. Hmm? It's so, anyway, that he said... These are the three ways. This third way is the way in our particular lineage within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the great Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur and Thakur Bhakti Vinod emphasized. Hmm? Because it became a practice, unfortunately, hmm, among some, where this would be imitated and it would be said that you come to me and I will tell you your swarup. Hmm? And because I've told you that, then you should support me for the rest of your life. Uh, so it became a business of selling swaroops, so to speak. Yeah. So I thought, well, let's go with the third. Let's emphasize the third option here. Hmm? So he cites this verse as evidence that from within and without. Hmm? Well, then he goes to four verses from Srimad Bhagavatam, excuse me, no, and he goes um, to Bhagavad Gita. Very nice verse, he says, Tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam priti pubakam dadami buddhiyogam tam yenamam upayantite. This is the first verse I ever learned from Bhagavad Gita. Very nice verse. Somebody told me, God sister of mine, when I joined the mission of Prabhupada, in Northern California many years ago. It's actually 40, 
40, is it 2012 now? 40 years ago that I joined the mission. And we had, uh, <laughs> so longer than some of you have been around, so. Uh, it is a while, but uh, there were some devotees and they were you know, traveling and they rented a house in, in Santa Cruz, California. I was living in the Santa Cruz Mountains, so. And I was chanting by myself there. And they heard about me, so they came to, they said, there's this guy, he's like you, he chants up there. And so they went and found me and they told me, you're doing it all wrong, you should have to do it like this. And I said, okay. So I, anyway, I joined them and they took me to Prabhupada and of course he, he initiated me. So uh, anyway, we had this rented house we were living in and they, uh, the devotees gave us a task me and there was a couple other new persons. And that task was to take verses from the Bhagavad Gita and cut them out or write them. I don't remember exactly, then paste them on the wall. We were going to do some kind of a, you know, we were hippies too. So it was a, <laughs> a collage of Bhagavad Gita verses. <laughs> and a god sister of mine said that, uh, Said, told one of my disciples, I think, uh, she, that that, she, uh, that that your guru, that's me, when he cut out the verses, he cut out the four essential verses of the Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? These, this is one of them here, the Chatur Shlok, that Mishwana says is the essence, the nutshell verse of the whole Gita implications are found there. And, and uh, she was apparently amazed at that. It was good, just luck. <laughs> kind of a, but anyway, this is the first verse I learned. Teshaṁ satatayuktanam bhajatam pitipuvakam. Prabhupada quoted it to me himself once also. Uh, I was um, engaged in the service of circulating Prabhupada's books to the public, as some of you know, and uh, one of, a number of us w were doing that, and we weren't, all the devotees weren't always in in some person's estimation, representing the, 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 the teaching very well or, or uh, doing it appropriately in his estimation. So I had gone to see Prabhupada one day in Vrindavan. Uh, we were living there and I went down to, to see him. I had heard that he was going to cook that day, so I wanted to watch him cook. Anyway, I came and, he, and, he, and I told him why I was there. And he said, no, I'm not cooking, but you know, sit down. And, and he said, I can cook with wood. He said, uh, and then I had taken sannyas, uh, the renounced order he had given me, and I was uh, young, only 25 years old. And so he began, and it was just recently, so he began to talk to me, I can cook with wood. And he went on and he spoke about how independent he was, so to speak, and how a sannyasi should be independent. And in any situation, he can... Um, fend for himself and so on and so forth and, and he said but there are others here and they're cooking nicely so I don't have to cook but uh, anyway it was a nice conversation and then this other fellow came in he heard that that I was talking to Prabhupada and he, he wanted to come in and he was also well uh, known for circulating the books and so he wanted to ask Prabhupada that Prabhupada we should make a system that the devotees will only say certain things when they sell the books so that they don't in any way misrepresent. Hmm? And, and, um, and Prabhupada said, it's artificial. Hmm. 
and then he and then uh, he he said that this preaching is that when people want to share the book, they have some inspiration. We shouldn't, even if it comes out a little wrong, we should be careful not to try to throttle that. Hmm? It, uh, is, they're inspired from within, and there's a saying, Babagrahi Janardana. You know? Krishna went to, in the Leela, he went to Hastinapura. He had been invited by Duryodhana to come. And when he arrived there, there were trumpets playing and dancers dancing and a whole festive arrangement for Krishna arranged by Duryodhana, who was not a devotee of Krishna. So Krishna arrived in Harastinapur and he ignored the whole arrangement for his arrival and went straight to the house of Vidura, who was a devotee of himself. But Vidura wasn't home. His wife was there. And there Krishna was standing before her. And I mean, you know, this was... You have to get the picture. Duryodhana was the king. I mean, he arranged a royal reception. And Vidura was a sadhu, but and he was living very, very simply. Hmm? And his wife as well. And so he just ignored this whole royal reception, went straight to the house, the humble house of Vidura. And Vidura wasn't there. Hmm? He had gone to see Vidura. Vidura wasn't there. His wife was there, and she's saying, "Oh my God, God is here. <laughs> God came to my house, something like that." And he said, "I'm hungry." Now, Vidura had uh, Duryodhana had arranged a huge feast, you know, a royal banquet. So why are you coming to my house saying you're hungry? You know, I I, mean, I didn't have anything here. <laughs> and Krishna said, "What is that?" Hmm. Well, those are bananas. I mean, they grow everywhere, you know, in the tropics. You know, like we go to Madhavan, our ashram in Central America. There's bananas everywhere. Just reach out the window and there's the bananas, you know. So, she says, well, we've got bananas. She says, well, I'm hungry. Give me some bananas. So she was so ecstatic that she peeled the bananas, right? And then she threw away the banana and gave the peel to Krishna. Her ecstasy was like, and he was eating the peels. Hmm? It means what? That even you may do it wrong, but if your heart's in the right place, hmm, this is what he accepts. Baba Grahi Janardana. The spirit of the offering, this he accepts. Otherwise, what else is there? Hmm? Bananas? <laughs> Krishna eats bhakti, not bananas. <laughs> so, this is kind of the point that Prabhupada was making. You don't want to throttle the enthusiasm in any way by, let, let, maybe they say it a little wrong, but their hearts must be in the right place. So why are they going out there and trying to do that? It wasn't always the easiest thing to uh, introduce the book to someone. <laughs> so, uh, then he, he turned to me, he said, just like our our Swamiji here, Tripurai, he is going and selling the book and Krishna is telling him what to say in the heart. Tesham satatayuktanam bhajatam priti pubakam dadami buddhi yogam tam dadami buddhi yogam tam Krishna is giving him in the heart something to say and he's saying that. Hmm? 
So we should foster this in, in all the students, this dependence on Krishna, and, and he will speak. So this is another instance of this verse. It's a very um, significant verse, as I say, and at the same time it, it has some contradiction, apparently, because it says, Tesham satatayuktanam bhajitam priti purukam, those who are worshipping me with priti, they have love for me, and it's uninterrupted, satatam, yuktanam, connected with me constantly in love. Dadami hmm? tam. I give them the intelligence by which they come to me. So where do they have to go? They're already there. They love Krishna. Hmm? Why do they need instruction how to come to him? Hmm? So there's an apparent contradiction. We can do away with it by playing down the words in the first part of the verse, if we follow the full implication of them, then what, what, where do those devote, what kind of more instruction do they need? Hmm? Take the general understanding, well, they worship me with affection and I give them the guidance how they can come to me. But if we take the full ramification of the verb, they're worshiping me constantly with love, then Pujapachita Maharaj has been kind enough to, to take this verse Hmm? and reveal to us some uh, uh, very uh, uh, insightful hmm? uh, way in which to resolve this contradiction. Puttipachitamarsh wrote uh, his Gita translation and commentary, Living in the House of Prabhupada, hmm? while Prabhupada was writing his Bhagavad Gita, which became the famous Bhagavad Gita as it is, the two of them living together, writing Bhagavad Gita and comparing notes. Hmm? And Sridhar Maharaj wrote a commentary on this verse and he turned to Prabhupada and said, what do you think? And then Prabhupada heard it and said, it must be. Hmm? <laughs> what did he say there? He said, here's a contradiction I see and here's how I've resolved it. How is that? Tesham satatayuktanam bhajitam priti purakam. This kind of love, constant, priti, satata, uh, yuktanam, uh, all these words. This is what we find in the Braj Sundaris, the gopis, the milkmaidens of Krishna Leela, who are the zenith of, of, of bhakti, hmm? the lead, leader of whom is Radha. Hmm? Uh, this ideal. But in this ideal we find, it is called parakiya. Hmm? In the context of the Leela, there is an impediment for them to get close to Krishna because they're not married to him. Hmm? They have to steal away in the night. There's an impediment. It's a prop in the drama of, of divine love that causes the love to intensify because if there's some, some hurdle that you have to get by hmm, to meet the lover, then, it, then it, it, the, the, if it's real love, it will only intensify. So there's a, there's a there's an illusion of, of a separateness that's created in the Leela. And Krishna then, the Dami Bhuti Yogamtam, he gives the knowledge hmm, how they can come to him. He writes a note, meet me under the Tamal tree at the full moon, just north of Govardhan Hill <laughs> tonight. Hmm? And, or, it's a dark moon night, so wear a black sari. <laughs> Or it's a full moon night, dress in white, 
You won't be seen. This kind of... This is high guru instructions <laughs> given by Krishna. How to come to him, how to meet him. He said, here we find the word upayanti. They come to me. Upayanti, coming from the same, I think, he reason verbal root as the word upapati. Upapati means, pati means husband. Upapati means paramour. Hmm? Krishna is their illicit love. And such illicit, a, a licit, illicit love. Hmm? In other words, everyone belongs to Krishna, in fact. Even the husbands of the gopis. He's the husband of the husbands, as we like to say, of the gopis. <laughs> and Prabhupada heard this and said, it must be. <laughs> Very nice. Hmm. So what we find here is evidence for what Krishna Kaviraj Goswami uh, has said that Krishna says, I am I in the heart, give instructions. I am the Siksha Guru. Hmm? But as I mentioned earlier, we also find, maybe there's another reason he put this verse here too. What are the implications of that? Right at the onset of the whole teaching. Hmm? And then he comes with four, six verses huh, of the Bhagavatam, the nutshell verses of the Bhagavatam, all of them, two introductory verses and four uh, verses themselves. And these verses are are a description of the Antar Darshan of Brahma. Brahma, the dawn of creation, had the darshan, internal darshan of Krishna. He experienced Krishna, he spoke with Krishna. No one around him, there was no one around him, but if there was, they couldn't have seen it. It was internal. Hmm? Internally, he gave all these instructions. How much is Krishna the Guru? The whole of Gaudiya Siddhanta is found in these verses. The whole conclusion of the Bhagavatam, it is the Bhagavatam in its kind of, what would you say, like in a, in a, in a seed form hmm? that has been, been through successive teachers expanded upon and to the, the form we have today. And we're expanding upon it here as well. So, what Krishna spoke there, this is yeah, significant. He, he really is the guru, so to speak, internally. Hmm? And what the external guru will say, that will be the same thing. So he cites these verses. We don't have time to go into them. That would take weeks to go through those <laughs> verses. Hmm? And so with that we have one, two verses from the Bhagavatam. We heard one verse from the Gita is three. Six verses here is... Nine, right? Nine. Was it one, two, three? Yeah, six, nine. So the tenth. He comes to the tenth verse. This is the final verse then of his Pramana. And it's a different book that he cites this time. As I said, it's the book of Bilvamangala Thakur. This is a book of no reason, only of ecstasy. It's a very difficult to understand book. Hmm? He's speaking about his from his bhava in Gopi Bhava. He is in Gopi Bhava. This is a very important book to Gaudi Vaishnava's uh, Sampradaya. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to South India, he found two books. One, fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita. Two, Krishna Karnamrita, this book. Krishna Das Karmagaraj later on, later on says, the whole of the Siddhanta, the Tattva, the spiritual conclusions of Gaudi Sampradaya are found in Brahma Samhita, fifth chapter. And the bhava, 
is found in Karnam, Krishna Karnamrita. Hmm? So, an interesting book. The story of Lila Sukha is very interesting also, Bhuva Mangalatakura. This is his, his beginning verse. Hmm? And we conclude with this. He says, Chintamana Jayati Somagiri Guru Me Shiksha Guruscha Bhagavan Siti Pincha Mole Yet Pada Kalpataro Palava Shekareshu Lila Swayambara Rasalabhate Jaya Sri. It's full of uh, deep meaning. Um, the story of Bilba Mongol Thakur, of course, is that he went in the middle of the dark night, a stormy night, to rendezvous with a prostitute. He floated across the river holding on to a dead body. Hmm? And in the night, didn't really thought it was a log. Turned out to be a dead body. Got to the, pa- to the palace of the prostitute and grabbed onto what he thought was a rope, which was actually a snake halfway into the hole in the wall. Oh, he pulled it and there was a snake. And, and so this raging storm and so forth, risking his life. He got over the wall and he fell on the ground and the prostitute said, what the hell are you doing here? What's wrong with you? Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, our author tonight, he wrote a commentary on this book of Bilba Mangal Thakur. He tells the story in the commentary. He says that the prostitute actually was a great singer and musician also. Hmm? And so she, she saw the effort that he made to rendezvous with her, and she, and he, she thought, if you had made half this effort to rendezvous with Krishna, your life would be successful. Hmm? <laughs> Look at you, you fool. Yeah. And so she spent the night singing songs about Radha and Krishna Lila. Hmm? And her words just penetrated his heart in such a way that they caused it to, to turn his life. And he left for finding Krishna. Then he met his guru, Somagiri, hmm? and his guru instructed him. And in, in association of his guru, he wrote a, a beautiful poetic book that caused his guru to give him the name Lila Sukha. Hmm? And, and then he was commissioned to go to Vrindavan, and he went to Vrindavan to find Krishna. And the story culminates in, in, in actually his, his succumbing for a moment to a to a to a lustful thought that caused him to uh, the account of his eyes and he, and he made himself blind so that he would never that's it's not the way to do that of course mm-hmm. if you think oh my I, I'm lusting my eyes are going here I'll slash them out they won't take it away <laughs> but if you actually had the courage to do that which is which is his position we see realize realize oh there he's something special going on in this person he's really has lust for God. Hmm? He's magnifying a fault in himself that we wouldn't even find to be a fault. This is the nature of the thing. As you progress, then you find faults in yourself that others will say, that's not a fault. What's wrong with you? You're crazy? Something like that. Hmm? So, and there, then he was blind hmm? and doing his bhajan and, and then Krishna appeared before him. Hmm? course, he couldn't see him because he was blind, right? He was trying to grab the Krishna. He had the Krishna was come appearing outside, hmm? and Krishna tried to grab him and, and said, "Krishna said you can't catch me." He said, huh, "You can't catch. You can't escape from my heart." Hmm? Hmm. That's the fact. And Krishna said, "Yeah, you're right. You got me." And so <laughs> anyway. So it's a long story, and it's a beautiful book. And this this verse has very many deep meanings. But the meaning here, 
that is significant to us in one sense is that there are three gurus mentioned. And if we look at the way in which they mention, we see they are all Krishna. He mentions Chintamani, which was the name of the prostitute, who he considered like a guru who showed the way. Hmm? He mentions Somugiri, his initiating guru, and he mentions Siki Pincho Mola. This means the one with the peacock feather, that's Krishna. Hmm? So Krishna is Krishna, we know. He says this is, this is one of his gurus. Somagiri is the name of his guru, but Som also means nectar, and Giri means mountain. Gopal Bhattagoswami wrote a commentary on this, this book uh, also, and on this verse, and he said, Soma means nectar, Giri means mountain. Krishna is a mountain of nectar. Somagiri means Krishna also. So he's saying Somagiri is also Krishna. And Chintamani, Gopal Bhatta says, Chinta means consciousness or meditation. Mani means jewel. Krishna is the jewel of meditation. So, Chintamani, that was Krishna. <laughs> Somagiri, that was Krishna. And Krishna, that's Krishna. <laughs> he says, so this way he supports his point that the Guru is Krishna. Hmm? I should mention, in just in closing here, that then the kind of instructions that uh, were received also by Bhubha Mangal Thakur are also described in Krishnadas Kaviraj's commentary on this verse. There are beautiful verses cited from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of Jiva Goswami that says how the gopis, they learned by the by the guru of Krishna's youth, hmm? how to turn a deaf ear to the advice of superiors, their parents, hmm? <laughs> who didn't want them to rendezvous with Krishna because, <laughs> and, uh, and other such advices. <laughs> a very charming uh, type of guru uh, siksha. So, in this way we come to the conclusion of these verses after a rather long discussion. Forgive me for that. Any comments you would like to make? What time is it now? 8.22. So. I have a question from Jason. Yes, Jason, if he'll be on tomorrow. Will you be on tomorrow, Jason? Indeed. Indeed, well, indeed, well, let's let's save your question for tomorrow and all the questions because I think we've gone a little, little far. Is that all right? Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Sri Vyasa Puja ki jai, Sri Krishna Skabiraj Goswami Mahasaya ki jai, Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande Bolo.